ask that person, what are you looking for? What value can I bring to you? Realize the value you have and how that matches with others. How can we build that into what we do every day? Uh, in corporate environments, you know, you have a value, you're a subject matter expert in a certain thing. Take that into your daily work. Know people that they ask you a question is because you know it so well that they're asking you the expert of what that does and how that works. If you get questions, kick back, make sure you help them to understand why they're asking that question and help them to understand the value you bring to that. People see the realization that the value they have and the hope that offers to people, not only for themselves, but others too. Heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them, from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital. The war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom. The police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur. The creator. The producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. And I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews and I am live on the line today with Bob Brum. Bob, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you, Richard, for having me. Awesome. So glad to have you here again. For those of you guys who have been following along with my journey, we're still stuck at the uh, the radiator repair shop in St. Charles, Missouri. And Bob was just telling me he's down in Tampa, Florida at 79 degrees versus 16 degrees. So I'm a little jealous of Bob this morning. Um, but for those of you who don't know know who Bob is, he is a professional award-winning speaker, author, encouragement engineer, which is not something I've ever heard of before, so let's talk about that, serving corporate, collegiate, sales, and youth organizations with encouraging keynotes, workshops, and presentations. Um, you also work with individuals to achieve personal and professional growth and positive encouragement to take action, achieve goals, or change exist existing restrictive habits into positive outcomes. You got several top-selling books, and you even it says here you uh, you help people um, achieve their goals and work to save over $500 a month, which sounds like it's a lot of fun. So what I want to start with is what is it that you're known for now? Why do people hire you? What does your customer base look like? What is, you know, what is your, your business about? Well, thank you. Um, what I'm about is the idea of a positive perspective. And what's key with that is today's society, we see so many things. All we got to do is turn on the news. We'll see so many negative stories. I mean, it's an hour long newscast. It, 55 minutes of that is uh, tragedy, um, mishaps, government bickering, political correctness, whatever you may want to call it. And then the last five minutes, if you get that, is maybe a good humor story or a good you know, human interest story. We need to change that idea because I think that's what inundates our society so much today that we just need to help people to see the positive perspective on a daily basis. Everything goes on in our life for a reason, and it's going to be good or bad, and we've got to be able to get through that. And I think it's critical that we be able to get through that, looking at things with a perspective that helps us to move on. Yeah, absolutely. I know uh, one of the things that um, has struck me as we've been traveling is you hear on the news all the time that our country is like the worst 
and people are the worst and everywhere you go people are being murdered all around the streets like that's if you listen to the news you would think that america is just the worst place ever and having traveled all across the country the only thing that i've ever seen is what an incredible country and what incredible people we have right you know even being you know broken down on the side of the road it is it is hard to be broken down on the side of the road for more than 10 minutes without a stranger stopping by and asking you how they can help right and that's important i mean and, people yeah we don't hear about that you know why yeah. not expose more of that why not share that with people why not share with those experiences you have with others and that's why my primary objective is to share that idea with people that there is greatness in our world that we have it within us and we need to share that with our with everyone absolutely um so you share that in the form of books and speaking is that generally what you do Yes, I do workshops as well for groups to help them to get over a lot of times a uh, group dynamic. Sometimes, you know, I've, I've spoken at groups where they were recently sold and the people didn't know what was going on with their job. So there's some insecurity. It's like going into a hostile situation right off the bat and you help to reassure that group. It's going one, it's going to be OK Two, the skills they have within them are critical to not only what they do now, but wherever they may go, whatever may happen in the future, what you have within you is going to be with you. And that is great stuff. God didn't make any mistakes. So it's just a taking that and moving it out, realizing it, moving it forward. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about your origin story, right? Every hero has an origin story. It's where you started to realize that you were different, that maybe you had superpowers and maybe you could use them to help other people. How did you get started on this journey to become an entrepreneur and get into the world of speaking and authorship? and helping groups the way that you do? Well, uh, it started real early in my life. When I was very young, I lost my mother to cancer. I was six years old. And I was at summer camp. And then coming back from that, uh, my dad told me. And I was six. I didn't quite understand it. About two months later, I lost my grandmother on my mother's side. And then Christmas Day that same year, I lost my grandfather on my father's side. Um, Being the youngest of a larger family, it was something you learned very quickly that this was going to continue to happen, if you will. As I grew older, it happened more, um, you know, based on what life gives us. And that's what I started to realize. Maybe I'm here for a purpose because I can still remember to this day getting up and getting ready for her funeral. And the sun was still coming up, but I was getting ready for a funeral. And I realized we you know, it took me a little while to go back and realize this. Don't don't think I did this at six years old, but to realize the fact that the world still turns. And no matter what happens, we have to continue. We have to go on. We have to help take what was in us and grow with that. Um, these weren't easy events. And it helped me to grow. It helped me become a better person. It helped me to realize looking at things in a different way that could help people to, you know, see something great, see something that, good out of a situation and not all situations are going to be good there there's going to be good ones there's going to be bad ones i mean you broke down that's a kind of a crappy situation but the thing is no fun. okay yeah you had you know that clunk 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 when you're driving that's not what you want to hear and then people are there to help you i've been in that situation where you know you're driving down the road and all of a sudden a tire blows out and within literally within five minutes i had one of the you know the freeway trucks helping me change a tire so you know what can we see out of that well, we see people that are helpful. We see people that are there for us that we don't realize, you know, like I said, based on the news stories, you may not hear that. Um, but there's so much in our world that we need to be able to overcome. 
and realize that we have greatness within us. I think one of the key things, you know, as I learned from my experiences through life of uh, life event called death is that we're all going to be there someday. We're all going to end up in a box, big or small. It's just a matter of one. If we can push that off a long time, great. But how are we going to do that? What are we putting into our mind and our hearts to make sure we're good with what goes on in life? Because things are going to happen. Um, it's inevitable for all of us that, you know, there's going to be good, there's going to be bad. And as a preacher, I heard one time said, you know, if you're not coming out of a storm, you're going into one. So be prepared because it's a roller coaster. And yeah. it is, you know, it always is. Yeah, I know uh, one of the things that uh, one of my early mentors um, used to tell me, it's like, it doesn't matter what happens today. Tomorrow, the sun's still going to come up and the flowers are still going to bloom. Yes. Right. Yes. And I was like, like, barring nuclear apocalypse, you know, the flowers <laughs> will still bloom. But even if nuclear apocalypse, there's still the sun's going to come up and it might be behind a nuclear cloud, but it's still right. going to happen. Right. The world's going right. to turn. Um, yeah. And. And, and, you know, you realize that, that it doesn't really matter what's going on in your life. The world still goes on and you still have to get up and engage with it. Right. Yes. And yes. you get to choose how you engage with what's happened in your life. Right. And I was just talking with my, uh, my business partner about, uh, you know, being stuck here in the RV resort and, and realizing, you know, an RV repair shop and, you know, it's just, there's no, no reason to be upset about those things um and you can continue to uh um you know you can change your frame of reference right yes um, definitely and how you how you look at it and what you're doing right and how cool is it that we have access to things like insurance to pay for repairs and that there's people who are skilled enough to take the damn radiator off because mm. like i watched them do it and i was like yeah i don't i don't want to do that at all <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah, right. It could it could be so much worse. Yes, exactly. You could be doing it yourself out in the sixteen yeah, degree. Doing so. myself, sixteen degree, uh, sixteen degree weather, and that would be no fun at all. Um, but yeah, so you you get to choose your perspective on the things that are happening in your life, good and bad and indifferent. Um, and uh, the guest I had on yesterday for our show, um, we were talking about um, your choice to like happiness is not is not a thing that happens to you right we talk you know in our language we say i am happy like it's a state of being um and that's just not the way it works happiness is a choice right you get to be happy you choose happiness you choose joy um yeah in spite of your your uh your situations so my question for you then is how how did you get started into the world of speaking? Like, when did that happen for you? Um, that's always a good question because it's as an encouragement engineer, I tie it into my background is engineer. I wanted to be an engineer, structural engineer when I went to college. Mm-hmm. And it was in college that I actually saw a sign for, um, they wanted a, a Toastmasters group. They wanted people to come to the meeting. Uh, okay. Well, well, the way they wrote that, I looked at that. I read it. I was like, I do not want any part of that. They made it sound like a roast. And I felt like, why would anybody go to this? Well, several years later, um, I had a coworker that said, hey, why don't you come to this Toastmasters group with me? And I got to go to the meeting and I saw what it really was. And that's a little note to everybody. If you're going to write a description of what you do, write it well, because you're going to, you know, people want to know what <laughs> they're getting into before they get there. So make sure you write yeah. it well. But I went to it and I realized, wow, I could really share some stuff with people. And I just started speaking. And I liked it so much. The first two weeks I was in a group, you have to do an initial 10 speeches. I went through those 10 speeches. 
within two weeks. I went to other clubs and talked as a guest speaker. I went, you know, around town. I met some great people doing it. But I, I, it just drove that energy that, hey, this is really cool. You can share some great things with people and the enthusiasm you could do and all the different aspects of the speech that you could help enlighten people with. It, it really got me going and I really enjoyed it. And when I speak to different audiences, I've spoken to middle schools, I've spoken to high schoolers and the middle school kids, you wouldn't believe how much of a sponge they are. I mean, you talked about stuff and their eyes just light up. And the high school kids will sit there and they're like, yeah, yeah, I know this. But then there's a one that you catch and you realize that he's all of a sudden heard something and he's sitting like this at the edge of his seat. You think, I got it. It just takes that one person that says, hey, I got it and understand what yeah. you're getting at. And that enlightenment is, is what it's about. And that's the enjoyment to share with others is, again, it goes back to the whole idea of a positive perspective, because no matter what's going on, if you have to be at that session that I'm going to be talking at, I'm going to engage you. Hopefully you'll get at least one thing out of it. And that's what's key is let's give them that knowledge. Let's give them that idea that there is going to be something that's positive, something that's enlightening for them. Awesome. So you got into uh, Toastmasters and really started that, that progress. Did, did you ever, have you gotten into the point where you like, you do paid speaking gigs now? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. I do that now. I mean, this was years ago. I've been doing um, I've been on my own doing speaking for about nine years. Um, and it's I do have a full time job as well. Um, I'm part of an IT group. So that's why oh, okay. you, sometimes you may hear me called the IT geek that can speak because I understand <laughs> the IT environment. I've got 25 years in the telecom IT industry and that group. It's a corporate environment that a lot of times build IT people will focus on the problem. That's what they do. They solve problems, but they bury themselves in the problem. And it's, hold on, guys, let's stop a minute and let's look back at what, what we need to focus on here is a solution. How can we get this done quicker? What do we need? What are some resources we need? And you can help direct a group differently. You can also help them to see when you speak IT, a lot of times it's acronym soup. And I also have a background in accounting, so I'm familiar with acronym soup. But when you're trying to talk to management to get funding, that's important not to give all the acronyms, but explain why you need the funding. What is it going to do for the organization? And having that breadth of knowledge is really helpful. So it's it's important to be able to look at the different paradigms that people are focused on and shift that paradigm so that they can see the opportunities of what they do. Absolutely. So my next question for you has to do with your superpowers. What is it that you do or build or offer this world that really helps solve problems for people, right? Helps um, the things you use to slay this world's villains, so to speak. And the way that I've been framing this for people um, is if you look at your set of skills um, and and you see like all the things that you're good at, what we're looking for is like, what do you see is like the common thread that sort of ties them all together that you're like, Hey, this is the one skill that really empowers the rest of my, my skill set. What do you think that would be for you? I say positive attitude and an attitude of not stopping. That's sometimes that can be a curse because you want to go, go, go and accomplish something and get something done well. And so you'll wear yourself out quickly. We got to step back. And as I've gotten older, I've realized I can't do that so much anymore. But you realize that we can get this done. Um, I do a lot of home projects at home. And so some of those scenarios are, you know, building out a room or whatever. People say, oh, man, that's crazy. It's not that bad if you break it down. Okay, what's the first process? 
okay, you got to add this, you got to put up the framing. Okay. Then you got to put room for electrical. Then you got to remember the drywall, the insulation and, and all the layers. Yeah. It's like making a cake. What's the recipe. And you put that together. Um, so that positive attitude, knowing that, you know what, I can do this. It starts by looking at it backwards. And even in corporate situations, what is the issue you're having? Let's look at it backwards. If that didn't occur or somebody didn't say this, and they did, but now how do we do it? Why did they do that? Why are they not liking what accounting is saying? Why are they arguing with a group that says, you know, we can't do that because our business has to be up 24 hours a day. And you explain the differences. You explain the whys. You explain, okay, why do you have to be 24? Why do you think you have to be at 24 hours? And can we implement something that's maybe off for an hour on a Sunday, two hours on a Sunday? Those types of things. So that idea of having a positive perspective and going after something fully with your heart, with your head, that's, I think, some of the superpowers that, that I, I hold in my tool belt. <laughs> awesome. And it's, it's interesting to, uh, to think about like the positive attitude as a superpower. But when you really look at it, you're bringing that to, to each situation you come into and realizing that, hey, there's even if it's a problem, like you don't have if you know when you when you get into the negative attitude the i can't this sucks this is a problem you shut your brain off oh yeah right? definitely yes yeah so if you can come into it um with asking you know with that positive attitude and asking positive questions why how can we fix this what where's the underlying problem you can actually solve things and move things forward yeah and you'll see that a lot in a lot of corporate environments where you'll have the people that have been there for years you know well we've always done it that way or, or it's never going to change in in the, let's go to a perfect world and say it does what are you going to do then and they're kind of stymied and not sure what to do but then you can draw it out of them and ask more questions well what would that feel like for you? how can you think that would come about what were some things that would help you to deliver if that was an option or if that came about and help them to see that opportunity in front of them that hope that that encouragement I mean, you know, yeah, realize yeah. that that light at the end of the tunnel isn't a train. And you're, you're helping them ask smarter questions as well, right? right? And when they ask themselves better questions, they start getting better answers. Yeah. So the, uh, the flip side of a superpower is, of course, your fatal flaw, right? And the fatal flaw is the thing that holds you back in your business. Um, and for the purpose of our show, what we're looking for is less that you have a fatal flaw, more what have you done to sort of overcome that so other listeners who suffer from something similar might be able to uh, to learn from you. Like for me, it's always been perfectionism and not getting things out to market because I'm trying to make it 100% perfect. Um, so what has that been for you? Um, patience. <laughs> and I, I say that because I, I, I'm saying I want to get it out to market and yeah, it's not going to be perfect, but I'm, I'm so focused on getting it out that sometimes, wait, you really need to look at this, really need to slow down and, and re I always think of the idea of respond and real react. A lot of times we're driving in traffic and we're going to react to the driver that cuts us off. You might you know, give them a, tell them they're number one in a certain way. We may, you know, <laughs> scream at them at the top of our lungs and they can't hear us. Okay, what good does that really do? Um, but at the same time, it's like, wait a second, why don't you slow down and respond to this? Because what if they're going through traffic that quick because their loved one's in the hospital? What if they mm -hmm. just, you know, got a call and their kid's hurt and they, they're trying to get somewhere to make sure their kid's okay? You don't know their situation and it's not your job to necessarily know it. But that point of slow down and respond instead of react is critical. Um, 
and I find myself that's one of the things that sometimes affects me because I might get to something and it's not where especially with marketing it's an opportunity and you get excited about the opportunity but you got to look at several of the layers you got to take the time to really look at it and even with some of the books my earlier books if you read them they're they read like I will talk and I think that's it's a positive and a negative uh, you know editors may say man this thing I'm not sure about this but people that understand the way I talk and the passion I have can see it in the way I've written the books and Dean Graziosi talked about that same aspect that he had for one of his latest books. And it was, it felt good. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, there's, there's a value to this telling the story this way. And sometimes that impatience and not knowing everything about it, that'll get it out quicker to those that really want it. And like you said, that perfectionism can hold you back a bit, but I, I'm a lot of times for me, I'd say the patience would be the one thing that I, I I work on. I'm I'm doing the clutch and the break and the you know I'm trying to build that all into the same the scenario with that. Right yeah, now. yeah. Where you want to you want to go fast and then realize I can't go fast. I gotta get it. I gotta get it right. Get a little yeah. better first. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Um. So my next question for you has to do with your common enemy, right? And common enemy is the thing that um in in the frame of your clients that you work with, right? If you could wave your magic wand and remove one thing from their life mindset or something that you know is holding people back, right? And that you are constantly battle, you know, butting up against and re realizing that, you know, people struggle with this thing. What is that, what is that for you and your clients? Um, that idea, that lack of hope. Um, I think you'll see that in corporate environments. Like I said, that it's always been done this way or management's never gonna change. Um, you might see it in kids in schools sometimes if you're talking to high schools and colleges that oh, I'm not sure what to do. Um, I'm not sure how the market will take me when I'm graduating school. It's interesting with college kids that when you talk about that idea of actually getting out there and doing something, they kind of get the deer in the headlight look. And they're, yeah. that's, that's what's going through their mind is I'm not sure I'll be accepted. Why? Try it. Ask the question. Ask that person, you know, what are you looking for? What value can I bring to you? Realize the value you have and how that matches with others. How can we build that into what we do every day? Uh, in corporate environments, you know, you have a value. You're, you're a subject matter expert in a certain thing. Take that into your daily work. Know people that will, you know, if they ask you a question, it's because you know it so well that they're asking you, the expert, of what that does and how that works. Um, if you get questions kicked back, make sure you help them to understand why they're asking that question to help them to understand the value you bring to that. So I would say that would be the, the one thing that I would see like a magic, you know, wave the magic wand that people see the realization that the value they have and the hope that offers people, not only for themselves, but others too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know that like, particularly with the, uh, the students thing, like as they're growing up, one of the things that I've sort of learned um, from, you know, being a young entrepreneur to being a more experienced entrepreneur doing these things is that like, as you go through different stages of your life, they line up with different stages of value you have to offer people, right? As someone who's new and young and fresh and doesn't have a lot of experience, the thing that you bring to the table is, is a fresh perspective and right. a young perspective, right? And that's valuable in certain situations. Um, and as you gain more experience and gain more knowledge in the area that you're working in, um, you can you, like now you have experience.
experience to bring to the table, right? And like the the value that you bring changes as you as you uh it it does. And I think you, you bring up a good point because a lot of times with the way the market is going with corporate environments, that younger audience brings a high value of a different perspective because our technology changes so fast. We need to mm-hmm. ride that and be able to run with that idea that it's moving fast and we've got to be able to accept the change. Sometimes that's hard when you've got people that have been in a company 30 plus years, it's hard for them to change. They question it. They're not sure about it. What's going to happen. But you, on the, like on the other side, they can tell you, you'll come across a problem and they're not sure about it. And they can tell you right off the bat what it is without even looking at something. Um, Yeah. So there's, you know, it's, there's, there's value to both sides of that coin, the youth and the experience. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Awesome. So, so if, if, if the lack of hope is a thing you fight against, your driving force is the thing you fight for, right? So just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or, you know, Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information. What is it that you fight for when you're on stage speaking to people or in your corporate environments where you're helping, helping the groups? I say I would fight for that focus of hope, that focus of a positive attitude. Cause I think a positive attitude is Zig Ziglar would always say is that positive attitude will get you a lot further than a negative attitude. And that's key because that's a basis of who we are. If we're not thinking here positively, it's all over. We're done before we start. And that's not fair to ourselves. That's not fair to painting that beautiful picture we could have for that day. That initial attitude we have about any situation, knowing that it will clear up, knowing that it will be okay. Uh, as Anthony Robbins would say in that television show he had, says, this, this too shall pass. You know, this, whatever the event may be, will pass. Again, the, the world's still turning and we've got to have an attitude of positiveness that will get us going, get us to take action, get us to ask the questions, get us to go by that initial thing that we may need for whatever the project may be, but take that initial step, take that initial action. A lot of times when I'm talking to students, it's the idea of go ask that girl out. I know today everybody texts everything. No, put down the text, go ask somebody out if you want to go to a movie. What are they going to say? No. Okay, that's two letters. You're scared of two letters? You're going to let two letters stop you in life? No, we can't. That's an opportunity because if they say yes, imagine what you have. You have the opportunity of getting to know somebody, having a great time with somebody, whatever the case may be. But there's that opportunity. We've got to remember that in our head. And it starts with the attitude we have about the day. It starts with what's this day going to bring? Is it going to bring great things? Is it going to be hard or easy? It may be hard but it can bring great things because we're on the green side of the grass and that's a great place to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And your, your example cracked me up a little bit because like, if you look at sitcoms over the last 20 years, like one of the big things is, Oh, I can't believe he broke up with me over text. And it's like, yeah. if you look at our, our kids generation, it's like they have their entire relationship is a hundred percent based in text. So that would yes. be totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting yesterday. I gave some blood and, um, they walked into the lobby and they said, yeah, today, anymore, you talk to anybody and nobody's talking to anybody. The lobby, everybody's sitting down here with a blue face. It's like, or the guy was going, driving past a bus stop of kids. And he said, they're all blue faced. They're just doing this on their text. It's like, nobody's talking anymore. Let's get to know somebody. Ask somebody a question. Yeah, How are you yeah, doing? What I are you doing? I don't understand it. We kick our kids outside all the time. It's like, good, they get, uh, good. Thank you for doing that. Electronic devices <laughs> and 
go play with the other kids have some fun you know yeah, they look, other... kind of look at you like what yeah, <laughs> yeah no my my kids actually like I, it, it might be just a uh something that we've because we've done it so frequently that you know they get two or three hours playing on their devices and they're bored right and they're like you want to go outside and play yeah. um and you know that's a I think it's a good thing. Hopefully we we keep that uh that going as they get older. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, try to do that cuz mine are mine are older and um yeah, they would we'd always be at a ball field, soccer field, whatever. And so they yeah, they're even now as they're older, they're they're always busy. So yeah. Keep that up. Makes a lot of sense. Are you have you have teens? Um I have one teen left. He's 17 and then my other one my one up from that is 21 and a 22-year-old. Nice. You got any grandkids yet? Because I was about 22 when I had my first one. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I'm okay with it. <laughs> you, yeah, you know, all in due time. They, got, they yeah. got a plenty of time. I just wanted to be young when I was when I had kids. So yeah. you know, I wanted to be young with them, if that makes sense. So no, my I wife, hear I started you. pretty young. <laughs> yeah, good. Good for you. Um, so my, uh, my next question for you is more on the practical side of actually running a business where you speak regularly. Um, we call this our hero's tool belt, right? Maybe you have a big magical hammer like Thor, or a bulletproof vest like your neighborhood police officer. Maybe you just really love how Evernote helps you organize your thoughts. Um, for what I'm curious about is like, what's a practical tool that you couldn't live without today in managing your business, especially for um, like, I don't know, a lot of people are really familiar with how the speaking business works, but like, how do you manage leads and how do you make sure that you're getting in front of enough stages and actually pulling in revenue from that business? What are some of the tools that make that happen that you couldn't live without? I think a big advantage today is social media. That really helps uh, because you can get the word out faster. You can show examples of your speaking. You can show people uh, testimonials quickly and expansively. I mean, you can go to different groups on LinkedIn and you and Facebook and, and be part of these 10,000 people groups and get the word out so much quicker. It used to be, you know, you'd be on the phone calling people. Okay, what about this person? What about this person? And then asking the questions. You still need to do that. But it might be, hey, by the way, who hires you for speakers? And they say, oh, this would be this person or that person, or I'm not sure. And they may list their phone number. So then you can call that that event coordinator, whoever that person may be, and say, hey, by the way, I got your note. Thank you so much for responding. And you have that conversation, that one-on-one -on -one dialogue that all of a sudden you get to, if you will, meet the person, not just through social media, but and a one-to-one, -one, they hear your voice and they understand your, your energy. They, they, they hear what you're about. And so that's still a good piece of what I do. And I think those are some big pieces of building that business is not only the, the marketing, the social media, but contacting those people and saying, here's what I'm about. How can I help you? And the social media helps you to do that because with podcast and, and video, you know, things you can put out, they see who you are and how much energy you have and what you're about when you talk. And that's critical so in the speaking business. Just a curiosity question for from me, because I don't actually do any of the stage speaking. Does coming on and doing interviews like this on shows like mine actually help you book stages? Yeah, yeah, because people will see, you may have a small dialogue of what you talk about, three or four topics, if you will. This gives 
aspect of what you are, who you are as a person, what type of interaction do you do? How much energy do you have when you talk? They could see my hands moving. They can understand, okay, if he's on stage, I bet he's moving around a little bit. And I do, when I'm on stage, it's hard for a camera to follow me sometimes unless it's back further because I do have the energy. I move around a lot. I give that energy to the audience because sometimes those people are there to, they're in events that they have to be at. When you have to be at something, they're sitting like this. But I, yeah. like I said before, I, and I talked to this one group one time, and by the end, there was a guy that was just on the edge of a seat, and it was great. And that's what you want to do. You want to change that perspective for people so they understand who you are, what you're about, and the energy you can offer their audience. Yeah, yeah. And I know for uh, one of the things that uh, I know has helped a lot of um, speaker friends of mine is like understanding who your who the person you're selling to is. Yeah. Right? And uh, understanding that you, the person you're selling to is that event coordinator, right? The yeah. one who is putting the event together and has to hire the speakers and get the bios and put the things together and actually like make it all happen. And like, if you can make their job easier, like it's easier to book the stage, right? So if you have all of your ducks in a row and you should be like, Hey, here's me in a package and you can just all the things you need to, you know, put your email marketing together and put your pieces together. You don't have to email back and forth. It's all there it's easier to say yes to you than it would be to another potential speaker. Is that right? Oh yeah, definitely. As, as Jim, James Malinchek would always say, it's like, you know, don't be the odd guy out that says, well, I need to have green M&Ms on the right side of the stage. All I need is a microphone and a crowd. If you can supply that and you don't have a <laughs> microphone, I'm, I'm going to yell. I don't care. I'll, I'll do it. I'll help you out here and make their job easier. You're trying to show them the value they can bring to that audience. And if it's if you're that conduit, great, so be it. If not, it'll be somebody else. But I guarantee it, they're gonna have some energy. They're gonna be smiling. They're gonna enjoy what they hear when they, you know, have me in. So try to help them out that way. <laughs> so to talk a little bit about your uh, your own personal heroes, right? Just like Frodo had a uh, Gandalf, or Luke had Obi Wan Kenobi, Robert Kiyosaki is rich dad. Who were some of your heroes? Were they real life mentors? Were they speakers or authors? peers who are a couple, just a couple years ahead of you, and how important were they to what you've accomplished so far in your entrepreneurial career? Well, the first one that comes to my mind is my father. He passed away six years ago, um, the age of 90. So I'm thankful I had the time with him. Um, but he, he was a, um, he grew up through the Great Depression, fought World War II, um, built his own business. So I got to see all those aspects. And then he took care of us after my mother had passed away. Um, I saw aspects of him and that generation that they constantly gave. It wasn't about them. It was about a bigger picture. Um, the greatest generation that ever lived. You saw them go through a lot of trials and tribulations and hardships, and they knew how to get through it. And it was buckle down and you move and you get through it. They were strong, strong people. Um, other people that have influenced me, if you guess you could say, or a hero would be, you know, Zig Ziglar was some of that time frame too, but he could talk to people and relate to you in a manner that brought you right in. It was relatable. You, know, you understood what he was going through, what he talked about, and that his tone was so gracious. And that was always enlightening to me because he could make, as he always talked about, he could talk up to 1500 words a second or whatever. And, you know, sometimes in spurts of, 300. And he'd always have funnies in his speech. So he'd have the interest of the, the comedic pieces in there, uh, which is always, it helps make things real. It's, it's be funny. I mean, laugh at yourself and laugh at others. Um, 
Tony Robbins, uh, Jim Rohn, James Malinchek for college groups, um, Dean Graciosi uh, lately, because listening to like some of his podcasts, they're real. He gives it in a blunt manner. If you, it's not so much blunt, but it's just down to earth. And I think yeah. we get back to some of that today. Uh, in some instances, um, Darren Hardy's another one. He gives it to you straight as it is. Uh, he grew up as a, with a single parent and his dad was a, a football coach and it was grunt, you know, do the work, grind it out. And that resonates well with me. Uh, other people, it may not, but it's, it's going after that and doing that physical, doing that work that needs to be done to get, to get where you are. And so those are some of the people that I think have been heroes in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, interesting too, like you see a common thread through the people that you mentioned that realize that, uh, the there's no there's no magic to success like success is is you just you just have to eat dirt right you just have to go forward and make it happen right yeah the hard thing that you're looking at saying i don't want to do like it's it, like you just have to do it you have to push through you have to make it happen and that's that's how that's how successful people succeed is they just do the work right yeah there's no shortcut to doing the work no, there's not. You're going to get your knuckles skinned. You're going to hurt your hands. It's going to be hard sometimes talking to those conversations you have to have. It's not easy. They go on in my life as well as anybody else's. And it's hard. Um, but we, like you said, yeah, you, you just got to go through it. You got to get it done. And it's not always easy. It's not always fun. But, you know, with that hope, with that positive attitude, the outcome we know will eventually be good. Yeah. Yeah. And like one of the things that I've always um, has always helped me with that stuff is realizing that um, for me, it was just, just making, making the distinction that part of what makes the work enjoyable is realizing that the joy is the journey, right? It's like, it's the, the, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not the end destination that you're getting to. That's fun because you'll get there and you'll be like, Oh, well, that was nothing. You realize it was, (laughs) it was, it was, it was, actually doing meaningful work is what brings the joy yeah it uh, reminds me of a couple things when you got married I, I my wife and I still talk about this you get all that preparation six months all this all that la, 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 and the stress and all that in 20 minutes you're looking at your watch going what just happened and I, oh can we do this again I mean what, what all this for 20 minutes or for 20 uh, minutes yeah, of a thing yeah. <laughs> you know, I re, you know I remember building a uh, fish tank in a bar in my basement up north when I lived up there and yeah that that idea that oh wow look at this cool thing when you're done but then it takes you that time after you're done to realize you know all that complaining and the bickering and the journey was really pretty cool and look what yeah, happened yeah. because of that look what is accomplished because of that journey I took yeah it's uh you realize that that no matter what the end result is desire is more fun and more fulfilling than having the thing. Right. Um, And you realize that it's, it's, it's the fighting through a journey that is where life happens. Definitely. Uh, Yeah. It builds you that strength. Think about that strength you're building all throughout it. (laughs) So much fun. (laughs) So I want to bring it home for our listeners a little bit and talk about your guiding principles. What are the top one or two principles you use regularly today that you think contribute to your influence and the success of your speaking business? Maybe something you wish you had known when you first started out on this journey as an entrepreneur. Um, I would say, again, 
going over it so many times in through different speeches, different uh, companies, different clients, taking that action, taking that, it, it doesn't matter necessarily what the action is, but you start here. Okay. If the idea is in your heart and in your head, that's the inspiration. That's what will get you going. You've got to have that fire in your belly, that desire, like you talked about, to go after that end result. But you've got to take the action. You're not going to get a million dollars just by sitting there going, I want a million dollars, I want a million dollars, I want to make. No, you've got to get up and do something to get that. You've got to take that action. Um, you know, and that could be talking to you. Sure, I can't just sit here and yeah. talk about one million dollars and get it because that oh, yeah. seems great. <laughs> yeah, you ever hit a lotto? You know, <laughs> but you got even that. Okay, you want to play that? You want to have a chance? You got to go buy a ticket. If you're not gonna buy a yeah. ticket, it ain't gonna come to you. And yeah. you know, no matter you what, you got to get the money do, to buy the ticket from somewhere, right? <laughs> you know, you got to open your wallet. Um, you know, it's that idea of taking that action, knowing in your head and in your heart that if you take that action, you know, it's it can be okay. It's going to be okay. It's not going to hurt that bad. But the result you want could come about. Don't look at the, okay, what if it doesn't? Okay, so what if it doesn't? Deal with that later. But focus on the act that, you know, it could come about. Think of the, in that line in Jim Carrey in the, what was it, Dumb and Dumber, I think, when she says, what's my chances? She says, no, you don't have a chance, basically 99.997%. He goes, so there's still so a chance. Telling me you know? a chance. Yeah, exactly. There's that option. There's that positive outlook. There's always that option that, you know, something could come about of this, and that could be great. My son is interested because he's he's part of a men's bathroom choir. And they posted this video of them singing. And I thought, well, well, you know, we could do that better. And they just, they'd sang this song in the men's room in high school. And this thing's got almost a million views on YouTube. It's crazy. <laughs> but what if they didn't do that? Okay, they'd be still going to school, just doing their choir thing, doing their band thing, whatever they are. But now they've been interviewed on the local radio stations. You know, they're going to these different events. People are seeing what they can do and the quality of their singing, the quality of them coming together. All Is this your youngest son? Chance. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So you YouTube that young uh, men's bathroom choir. It's they their vocal tunes are really good. I mean, when I was in high school, that's the last thing I thought of was the acoustics in the men's room. You know, <laughs> yeah, we may have to uh, to to grab a link and stick it in the show notes for our, our guests so they can uh, listen to I your mean, son sing in the bathroom. There you go. <laughs> There's 15 <laughs> of them that funny. do it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the the thing that that strikes me there about the whole taking action thing is something that I used to struggle with this thinking. Um, earlier in my entrepreneurial career, you know, everyone tells you you have to take massive action, right? And I, I used to think what that meant was that you just are always in action all the time. And if you ever stop taking action, like to sleep or rest or play or do yeah. anything other than work, that um, you'll never get anywhere, which is also incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> think you of the find cartoon, out when you bring you know? yourself out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and realize that the whole idea of taking massive action is more along the lines of how can I make a little bit of progress every day towards that journey you're on, right? Yeah. And, you know, if you're writing a book, can I write a few lines today, right? If you're, you know, I'm working on a, a sales presentation and I was like, hey, a couple of days ago, I got the offer done and yesterday I got the slide, the slide, uh, like design done and today I'm going to get a little thing done and, you know, I'm put, putting in a little bit of progress every day 
um, over the long haul, it snowballs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and your mind is fresh on each one of those pieces and it gives you that better quality overall product. And instead yeah. of it all at once, because I've done that writing books too. And you try to write it all at once. You got all these ideas by the last two, three chapters. It's like, Oh man, you're worn out. And so yeah, doing yeah. a little bit every day really keeps it fresh and keeps it exciting. Yeah. And I know like one of the things that I've, I've realized too, is like, I'm, I'm writing a book right now on processes, right. And okay. how to, how you think through work and workflows and processes. And I've been writing one story at a time and okay. I'll write a story and then I'll leave it for a couple of days and come back and look at it and, um, and then write the next story and realizing that like doing that has allowed me to connect the stories together better and think through them a little better. And I think it's going to end up being a better product because of it. Um, but yeah, so like, it's, as opposed to like, I'm just going to write the whole thing today, right. Or over the next couple of days. Um, and it's, you, you just end up with better quality work and also you enjoy your life more, right? Cause like yeah. as much as work is a good part of your life, right? Like I got four kids, we're traveling. I got other things I want to do <laughs> other than work. Yeah, so exactly. If, yeah. if I can check off the box of a little progress and all the things that I'm working today, then, you know, I can get three or four hours of work done and then shut it all down and go enjoy my life with my kids. Right. Right. And still make massive progress growing your business. And so. that's a different paradigm that's over the years has come about because of the way our industry has been and the technology that offers us the opportunity to do that. And I think that's great. You're able to do that. And that's, that's a paradigm that our society needs to remember it's, it's shifting. And so yeah. eight, 10 hours a day in an office doesn't have to be that anymore. And it makes a better quality of life, giving us a better product, better production, better people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing to me. Like if I look back five, six years ago in my business, I was working 12 to 18 hours a day. Right. Um, and now I work anywhere from three to four hours a day and I have six times, seven times the revenue and I've got right. employees and staff and like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Damn you, Tim Ferriss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So like I get so much more done. Um, right. and, and it's uh, it's much much better for your life. But it's you know one of one of my uh, core principles now in running my business, um, and talking to people and helping clients. Everything is this this idea of giving yourself permission to play, right? Yeah. Um, and we used to used to think that um, I used to think anyways that playing and recreation was something that you earned on the other side of hard work, and have realized since that play and recreation and rest are a requirement before you have productive work. Good um, idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and it cause <laughs> so it's it's a complete, you know, flipping the script and you realize that like, man, if you actually take care of yourself and come to your work rested, um, then you are more creative, you get better stuff done, you get higher quality work put output. Um, and you know, you gotta give yourself permission to play. Yeah. And so there's a reason why they tell you to put the air mask on yourself first on planes, right? Yeah. So then you can help yeah. the others. Cause if you don't have it, you're no good. <laughs> so, yeah. You can't um, take care of your kids if you're dead. No, exactly. No. Uh, <laughs> so um, last thing I do on the show is something we call the hero's challenge. Hero's challenge is simple. Um, basically this, do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story? with our guests on the show. 
Wow. Um, I run into a lot of entrepreneurs in what I do and, and through my network. One that came right to mind when you, as soon as you said that is Chris Kremitzos. Uh, he's running PodFest 2020. He's been doing this for about four or five years. I knew him back before he had kids. Uh, he was doing a, a show here locally in Tampa and he got uh, international social media fame when one of the guests picked up a chair and threw it at the other guest. Oh, and no. it went it went viral. Yeah, I mean, you just see him kind of duck out of the way, like, oh, but it went viral. And um, he's a great, great connector, and he cares about people. And I think that's an interesting thing, especially when you're putting on these events like he does. I mean, you're expecting over three thousand people at this this year's Podfest, and he just wrote a book called Start Ugly. And the yeah. title it's a short book, easy read, but it's a point of get out there and start it. Because if you analyze it, think about it, somebody's going to come up with the idea and get it done. And yeah, so you want to yeah. be out there, even if it's, you know, get it out there, get the idea out there, start it. And he'll, he'll talk to other entrepreneurs that have done that and huge successful entrepreneurs. The guy um, that started the, had the magnetic strip on the back of credit cards. He's had him at several of his events. Uh, other nice. people he's had, um, you know, and he's just a down-to-earth guy that cares about making sure the environment is taken care of. His his Podfest people are taken care of. The group, it's a group dynamic that hey, you know, we're here to help each other. Tell us the information. Let's share the information so we all grow together. Um, that's an I would say one person that comes to mind when you say that. Awesome. So we'll see if we can connect later and uh, and get him on the show as well. Okay. My uh, my. Last question here for you. I've gone. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been incredible having you here. Where can people find you if they are looking either for your books or to hire you to speak for their groups? And more importantly, who are the right kinds of people to reach out um, to to hire you? Uh, the right type of people. Let's go there because a lot of people get stumped with that. You mentioned it before. Event coordinators, um, especially college event coordinators, corporate event coordinators, event planners. If you're having special events for uh, encouraging uh, your students, your employees, employee engagement, corporate culture, directors of groups that may be, have the authority to bring in uh, external speakers, those would be great contacts for me. Um, people can find me at my website at www.bobbrumspeaks. That's B-O-B-B-R-U-M-M-speaks.com. Um, I'm also on YouTube. I'm also on uh, social media, my Facebook, LinkedIn. You can search me there, YouTube. I also have a podcast myself, Encouragement Engineering, that gives a daily one-minute motivational encouragement quote every day. We keep it on a weekly basis, and we run it five days a week, and we just give a an idea to think about for the day. And so it's just a one-minute thing. I'm looking, probably looking in the future to start having some guests, so I'll make sure I get in contact with you. <laughs> That'll be fun. So thank you so much for coming on, Bob. If you are one of those event coordinators and you're looking to have someone come on and speak about encouragement and encouragement engineering, that kind of stuff for your teams, make sure you reach out to Bob, bobbrumspeaks.com. Do um, you have any final words of wisdom for our audience before we hit the stop record button, Bob? I just want to say thank you, Richard, for having me today and for the audience. Remember to take the action. We live in a world that we've got to take that action. That light at the end of the tunnel is opportunity. It's not a train coming but we got to take the action think positively as you move forward in life because every day is a new day we can paint a new picture we're on the green side of the grass right now there's some people that didn't get that option but remember to go after that opportunity and take those steps to do what you have to do 
you heard him take action. Thank you so much, Bob, for coming on the show. Thank you, Rich. Appreciate it. <laughs>